Welcome to Indivisible Westchester, the podcast. I'm Shannon Powell. Today, we're talking about the Clean Water, Clean Air, Green Jobs Bond Act, also known as Proposition 1, on the ballot this November. To learn why it's important that this Environmental Bond Act passes, we are joined today by Assemblyman Steve Otis, who serves on the Assembly's Environmental Conservation Committee and Climate Change Task Force, and Julie Tai, President of the New York League of Conservation Voters. Thank you both for joining us. Thank you for bringing us on. So the state legislature approved the measure in this year's budget, sending it to voters as a November ballot proposal. The proposal allows New York to borrow $4.2 billion for environmental related projects. It's been 26 years, hard to believe, since an environmental bond was enacted here in New York. Steve, let's start with you. If it passes, you have said in an editorial that you wrote that the bond will provide funding for projects of great importance to Westchester communities. Tell us how so. Well, you know, you touched on how long it's been since we've had a bond act and bond environmental bond acts uh, generally were about a decade apart or even less until this big gap that we've had. So what that means is the economic boost for local environmental projects has really been delayed uh, by over a decade. And so this bond act has uh, $1.1 billion towards uh, restoration and flood, re flood mitigation projects, $650 million towards open space conservation, farmland protection, protection fish hatcheries, um, $1.5 billion towards climate uh, mitigation kinds of projects were certainly very important in Westchester, and $650 million towards uh, clean water and other kinds of uh, water quality projects. And these are all pressing needs in Westchester and across the state. We've deferred them, and uh, local governments really need uh, the financial help to do these projects without it all being on the local property taxpayer. It's really essential that this bond act pass. So Steve, why so long? I mean, you said that was interesting that it had been every decade or so. So what's been the lag here? You know, that's a, I don't know that I'd have a, a good answer for that question. Maybe Julie does, but uh, uh, there'd been talk over the years about bond acts. I would I would say that uh, uh, back in uh, 2015, 2017, the state really upped its spending um, on clean water without doing a bond act. So we had some important investments without the bond act method, and we can talk more about that. But uh, especially with all the climate change issues, uh, this is really overdue at this point. And there's a, a matter of urgency, I think, uh, about acting now. And I think it's important to note, this is actually by far the largest single investment the state is making in the environment and climate change. You know, there are, this is not by any stretch the only investment that the state is making, but this would be the largest investment that the state has made, period. And it will allow us critically to draw down federal infrastructure dollars and the recently passed Inflation Reduction Act. So this is going to allow the state to leverage those federal dollars and make it go further. We actually expect that the $4.2 billion will result in about $8 billion in, in environmental investment and generate nearly 100,000 jobs. So it's a really exciting opportunity that we have. And voters get to make the decision. That's the best part. 
So Julie, talk a little bit more about some of the climate change mitigation projects, because I think that is climate change is at the top of everybody's mind. What are some more specifics of uh, what this Bond Act can help do and fund? Sure. So the Bond Act uh, provides a bunch of funding that will be doled out through grants, competitive grants that municipal governments and not-for-profits will apply for in a variety of categories. So we don't have all the details. We can't tell you it's going to fund this particular project. Um, but some of the things that they have spelled out and we're really excited about is there's hundreds of millions of dollars available to make our public buildings, including schools, uh, cleaner, more energy efficient, move them to help them move to renewable energy sources. So that's really exciting. And a lot of jobs will be created as we're making our buildings more energy efficient. Um, as we know, they need to do that. There is hundreds of millions of dollars available for uh, zero emission or, or electric school buses. Um, that's long been a priority for the League of Conservation Voters. And we're excited to see some, some of the school districts in Westchester already applying for that. Um, and there's money available for, um, for making sure that we're dealing with urban heat islands, um, which is really important in particular in environmental justice neighborhoods and investing in things like community gardens that can help us both to beautify our neighborhoods, absorb things like stormwater and to uh, absorb carbon dioxide. Since we all know trees are really do a great job at that. So we're, we're really excited. Those are just a few of the categories. There's a lot, a lot of other things that the bond will end up funding. So that sounds terrific. Steve, it's been 10 years since Superstorm Sandy, which caused, as we all know, tremendous flooding and lots of damage. And we've had other storms and flooding since then, especially here in along the Sound Shore, which is um, the area that you represent in the assembly. How can how can this help prevent some of these flooding problems that we see that seem to be so pervasive? There's a major commitment towards um, flood mitigation, coastal uh, resilience. Uh, we have a coastal area here that's just been hammered by uh, sea level rise and, and more intense storms. Uh, habitat restoration projects will feed into that as well. Uh, one piece of the Bond Act I'm especially excited about because I, I was able to get this included is the creation of a new stormwater grant program. Um, during Ida, it was really highlighted, uh, not just in Westchester, but in New York City and other places, that you didn't have to be just near a coast or a, a, a water, water course, a river or a stream to have flood damage. Our stormwater system is not properly sized and is uh, deteriorated over time. And so the Bond Act would create at least $250 million in grants to local governments to help do these stormwater projects. This will help flooding, especially in Westchester County. If 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 there's something that people could focus on is uh, a high priority to come out and vote for this act, it would be uh, these flood and stormwater issues where there's a lot of help. So Julie, Proposition 1 is also known as the Clean Water, Clean Air, Green Jobs Bond Act. So tell me a little bit more about why it's named this. How is it going to help um, us make improvements to our drinking water and air quality? Let's start with that. Sure. So um, as Steve mentioned first, like absorbing stormwater is, is one way that we can help reduce, um, you know, pollution from going into our waterways. So that is really important. There'll be funding in there that will help us to uh, eliminate and re replace lead pipes. 
Um, that's something that we know has long been a scourge. The state has started paying for it. This in particular will help us draw down some of that federal funding that I mentioned earlier from the infrastructure law. Um, and the, you know, the president has a goal of eliminating all lead pipes in the next 10 years, I think. Um, so that is something that is, is really first and foremost. Um, there's There'll be funding available so that we can upgrade wastewater treatment plants so that they're not discharging sewage into the into our waterways uh, inappropriately or untreated. Um, there'll be uh, money that will help us to upgrade our pipes um, and to make sure that, uh, you know, we're addressing uh, emerging contaminants like PFAS. Um, that's something that we know is something a new contaminant for local governments to deal with. So really, the water funding is is something that we well know, um, and those all create jobs. On the air quality front, there is investments that will be made in some air monitoring infrastructure uh, that will help us to monitor that. And as I mentioned moving us forward with electric school buses that will help us move away from dirty diesel buses. I think there'll be grants in there that um, some some municipalities can apply for uh, upgrading their uh, their fleets, um, as well as some funding for, again, reducing pollution associated with our buildings, often which rely on heating oil, uh, which we know uh, has, has air quality impacts. And of course, all of these things, uh, as I mentioned, will generate around uh, according to a study we had done by AECOM on behalf of one of our partners, Rebuild by Design, we expect it to generate up to 100,000 jobs, many of which are in the building trade. So think about carpenters and operating engineers and laborers, a lot of construction jobs. So we're really excited about that. So talk to me a little bit more about like also green jobs. Like what does that mean for people who might not understand? Because again, it's like creation of green jobs. Steve, you want to take a stab at that? Sure. Well, you know, I think we have this $100,000 estimate, and I actually, my personal view is I think that is um, a very conservative estimate. With the uh, the WIA program, which is the clean water program that we started in 2015, that has um, given out $1.8 billion in grants so far and has created, um, with that metric, uh, over 100,000 jobs uh, there. Uh, so I think that the Bond Act is going to even do better than the $100,000 that has been calculated. But the key thing is there are going to be projects that would not be done otherwise uh, without the passage of the Bond Act. These are projects that communities want to do. They don't have the funding to do it. So it, by definition, it means that it's going to be uh, an increase in employment opportunities and the kinds of trades Julie was talking about. So, Julie, let's talk a little bit about environmental justice, because I know that's important to many communities throughout Westchester and the state as well. How can this funding help address some of the inequalities that we have? Well, first, it's it's part and parcel of the actual requirements of this, that at least 35 percent of the funds be invested in disadvantaged communities. Um, that is very often uh, those overburdened pollution, those, those communities overburdened with pollution, all too often people of color, low income people. So it's really there's a focus on making sure that those funds are invested there. Um, and as I mentioned, some of the other programs out there are specifically going to enable funds to deal with urban heat island, which is, again, 
very often communities that don't have enough trees. Um, we saw that New York Times article last year that said you could have as many, a temperature difference of as much as nine degrees, which is an awful lot for people who are least able to afford air conditioning, uh, for investments in cooling centers, which again is an issue because the number one thing that will kill us as a result of climate change is actually heat. Uh, you hear about it more dramatically with flooding because it occurs as a result of an event. But uh, you know, being subjected to great amounts of heat and a duration of heat, and as we've seen more recently, where it doesn't really cool down at night, um, doesn't allow your body temperature to cool down and go into your normal rhythms is really putting people at risk from a public health perspective. So it is it is really important that um, these funds and others that the state invests uh, go first to those frontline communities who have been subject to years of, of pollution and who are most at risk from climate change. Steve, you want to add a little bit about how you think that this can help on the environmental justice front? Well, I think that uh, what the statistics show is that um, it, environmental justice communities generally have higher uh, pollution uh, deficits right now. And so one of the things that I've been advocating for is that as if the Bond Act passes or even regardless and whatever the state does on environmental justice, we have to make sure that we don't slow walk the uh, deployment of funding to environmental justice communities. The uh, New York State Climate Action Council has identified census tracts across the whole state um, that would be targeted for uh, these kinds of programs. And so the Bond Act will help with that. But in Westchester, uh, we have many uh, census tracts and communities and areas on the Sound Shore, uh, especially uh, about half of the city of New Rochelle, parts of Portchester and other other. Uh, communities all over the state, but there's money to go everywhere. It's not just environmental justice communities. There's a special emphasis there, but these are, are uh, programs and, and funds that are going to go to every community in the state. Everyone's going to benefit. So Julie, tell me, how much support does the Bond Act have and what do you think are its chances of passing? First, I would say, you know, we're one of the leading co organizations of a coalition called Vote Yes for Clean Water and Jobs. We have nearly 300 organizations representing environment, environmental justice, civic organizations, uh, local governments, labor unions, including the AFL-CIO, are members of the coalition, um, and business community, so including the Construction Industry Council in Westchester. So we're, we're super excited that there's such a broad range of support for the Bond Act, right? It's not limited to environmental groups, which we think is really critical. Um, recent polling has shown that there is strong support for the Bond Act uh, amongst voters, which we think is really important, but it, we're leaving nothing to chance, which is why we've launched a multi-million dollar campaign to educate New Yorkers about the Bond Act to make sure that they flip their ballot over and vote yes on Proposition 1 on November 8th. Um, I would remind people, as my organization likes to encourage people to come out and vote, that early voting starts on October 29th and runs through November 6th. But Election Day is on November 8th, if you'd like to be traditional and go on that day. So we're, we're very positive that New Yorkers, when they know about it, will vote yes. But we need to make sure that more of our friends are educated about the Bond Act so that they remember to vote there, because sometimes people forget about it. And it may be on the back of your ballot. So, Steve, a little bit more about how you think people at home can help make sure that this passes. 
Uh, I, I think the number one thing to reflect upon is that we really need this shot in the arm in terms of funding for these kinds of programs. When you look at the extreme weather events, the storms, and the kinds of deficits we have in Westchester, uh, this is an opportunity to do something about it. What people can do, tell others. Let people know that this is an important thing, not to forget about it. In Westchester, it will be on the reverse side of the ballot, so you're going to have to flip it over after you vote for other positions. And remember to vote yes. Uh, New York has a very good record of spending their Environmental Bond Act funds effectively over decades, and I have no doubt um, in speaking to the, the folks at the state agencies involved in in uh, the kinds of programs that are going to come out here, that these funds will be spent uh, well and will will uh, really translate into local projects in Westchester and across the state. Stephen, Julie, thanks so much. Is there any final thought, anything we left out, anything you'd like to add before we wrap? No, I just think it's really critical. And thank you for giving us an opportunity to educate people about the Environmental Bond Act. Um, there is a website you can go to to learn a little bit more and to take a pledge to vote, uh, which is uh, voteyescleanwaterandjobs.org. Um, so uh, it's very easy to find. We also have social media properties, cleverly entitled at NY Bond Act um, on, on Facebook, on Twitter, on Instagram. Um, so we'd encourage people to follow along if you're interested in learning more about the Bond Act and to get social media toolkits that you can use to help tell your friends and neighbors about the Bond Act and urge them to vote yes as well. Steve, any final thought from you? Well, I would say the great resources that Julie has cited are things that you can download some of those and send to your own list, send to your your friends, uh, you know, through social media, through emails and and get the word out. Um, because it really is a grassroots effort. And among the many groups that Julie uh, has statewide, there are a lot of Westchester groups and Westchester municipalities and Westchester County have all um, uh, logged in with resolutions and support and, and they're getting the word out um, on a community by community level. So everybody should do what they can to help you spread the word. Thanks again so much for being here, for joining us. And we'll do what we can to make sure that people get out and vote, flip the ballot over and vote yes. Thanks a lot, Shannon. Thanks, Thanks Shannon. For more information about the Clean Water, Clean Air, Green Jobs Bond Act, you can also visit our website at indivisiblewestchester.org. To help pass the Bond Act, be sure to flip your ballot over to the backside and vote yes on Proposition 1. I'm Shannon Powell. Thanks for listening to the IW Podcast. Make sure to vote blue up and down the ballot this November.